0: I live in Roaldauk, which is um, quite a good community. I can my meet and contact, uh, communicate with schools, uh, schools, are schools. Are uh, people. Sort of people, play, people. Play, uh, people. So yeah. uh, my I concern with the word word that Europe. Europe, yeah. as yeah. more developments yeah. are, we need coming out. up. Really you know, the people when, uh, living uh, near the airport have been with some time Space would be less. Hard, really and enjoy the area. Really so I love see see the, the, the planes. So coming, going. Definitely, we so need more trees in the park. Community sense. Living in a big city like London is amazing to find in Royal Wolf. My name is Dana Olarescu. I'm a socially engaged artist. And I normally work around issues of both environmental and social justice. And I attempt to build dialogue between those two sectors. And I suppose in my practice, I work a lot in groups, and predominantly people who are not born in the UK. And that's also because I came to the UK 13 years ago, and experiencing this country as an immigrant has shaped my practice, has shaped the way I live my life. And I think it's important that we have equal access to
1: services, to power and to the knowledge of how the country functions. I'm Julia Tomei, I'm an Associate Professor at UCL's Institute for Sustainable Resources and my research focuses on energy and resources in low middle income countries, so really thinking about how people are affected by energy use or a lack of energy and how we can create policies that don't do harm to people but do good wherever possible. Most of my research has been in particularly Latin America and increasingly in sub-Saharan Africa. So it is a real opportunity and a privilege to be able to also work in, in the city where I grew up, I'm a Londoner. Working with Julia has been incredible because Julia
0: is such an incredible academic, just a wealth of knowledge. And also someone with skills of bringing those into a room in a way in which it makes sense. She doesn't focus on the technical side. She focuses on the social aspect of energy and, you know, what does land grabbing mean? What are both the low-tech and the high-tech
1: possibilities that we can employ? And also, what do we actually learn from other countries? So most of my research looks at energy use, energy access in low-middle income countries and the way in which communities are affected by changes in energy systems. And what's interesting is just how much of that is replicated here in the UK. We decided
0: to work with an incredible group of people who attend the Royal Wharf Community Dock. They are all ESOL learners, so they're learning English as an additional language. The idea was that Julia and I were going to talk about energy with the lens of the cost of living crisis and the so-called energy crisis, as I like to call it, and how this impacts people's lives. I went into a couple of sessions, I met different people. I think we were expecting maybe five people and and then 13 people signed up and then we met up. So we had three workshops and each workshop really looked at the impact of the energy crisis, what type of energy access people used to have in their own home countries. Compared to the energy access that they have now in the UK, what shifted? What are the advantages? What are the challenges? And then, I guess, as a group, we sort of imagined how the system could work better. We also really anchored it down yes. into the values and the types of worlds we would like to inhabit that we might not have access to at the moment. Yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah, I no remember the performance was like oh, so that. So great. Stick together. Yeah. So
1: uh, I love this city but there is increasing inequality and one of the things that I've been so struck by with this group is just how tied to their community they are. There's a community centre that really ties them together and is so creative in the things that they're doing as well and you can see that there's that enthusiasm for it and I only wish there was more of that kind of initiative and support elsewhere in London so I think we desperately need it.
0: Normally, you don't even have time to think who is living next to you. However, in in, in your Royal Wolf, everybody knows who's living next to each other and everybody has this beautiful sense of community, of sharing. I particularly loved just how closely knit the community is and how, irrespective of their backgrounds, their financial circumstances, everyone values community as the most important asset they have. And I suppose this is exactly what we strive for. But it was actually really humbling and really wonderful to hear that that's also what people want. I can meet the larger people here. I have a chance to cuddle her children, her kids. Mm -hmm. So I think it is amazing for me. And also I learned a lot of the uh, culture
1: here. many people from all over the place. I really love that about the area that I live in. And what I don't like about the area is uh, there are a lot many developments coming up and that's a matter of concern because we don't have shops, we just have one GP and that's horrible. Despite having this very strong sense of community in this centre that kind of unites them, it is a bit of a desert. Everybody talked about how difficult it was to get food. I mean to need to jump in a car or jump in a DLR or whatever it is in order to be able to get a thing of broccoli or some bacon and that's bonkers.
0: Right now we when we go to the supermarket we have sometimes drive. Sometimes you take the MTR or, or the DLR. Supermarket is just nearby. the biggest one not like the, the since very local so it's not sufficient choices as for us. As. With there is quite big one, then everybody's travel less. With there is a carpool system. Just like go to the supermarket. We go together. Nice, that's amazing! So you mean like car sharing? Car sharing, no? yes. You, kind of, yeah, you, yes. Mm. you want to go somewhere and you ask other people who else is going and then you yeah. all get in the car and you go We're together, no? You. Yes, and for the children, go to the school. We might not necessarily link that to energy in the first instance when you think community, but I think Maybe that's also how I manage to kind of problem solve as I'm hearing these diverse perspectives, that it's all about sharing resources, it's all about being more generous, it's about thinking differently, it's about playing with the other people's children.
1: There's also an idea of uh, community fridge stuff. You know, sometimes you have leftovers and you're like, oh, will I be eating it tomorrow? No, I won't eat it tomorrow. So there's always a confusion and you end up throwing it in the bin. Mm. So you like put a label, keep it in our community fridge and like whoever wants it can just it's, it will be open for like uh, this hour come and just uh, take that Absolutely. food yeah, oh, yeah that's interesting yeah. Okay. and that that way you're not wasting your food
0: this sort of idea of joy and positivity in paying for things together is incredibly important because We live in a society where everything has been so atomized and we've also been brainwashed to think that it's so much better to be independent. And people are demanding collectivity, they're demanding community and they genuinely want to democratize access to everything they have. Wi-Fi is being used in the building by everyone, but we all have our own Wi-Fi. So why can not we not share the Wi-Fi? You know, it's a wastage of money and time and, and everything.
1: Why don't we do that with energy systems? Surely, collectively, maybe we have a stronger voice, a stronger bargaining power. If there's anything about a crisis, it's an opportunity to rethink, right? It's an opportunity to rethink what we value, how we live, the kinds of relationships we have and what we'd like to see. What's been so interesting, I think, about the conversations we've been having with the group is what we're looking for in our energy systems and it's so intimately tied to what we're looking for in our communities. It's about I mean, it's about being local, it's about sharing, it's about supporting. And what was interesting is is kind of how little role government played in that, that people really were drawing on those community resources. And everything I see is we have been individualised and taught to be separate, to live separate lives. And actually what this community has shown me is how important that and how possible that sharing is. Collecting the rainwater, harvesting rainwater um, because we are going to have more hotter days now with the climate crisis So, you know, if we can save water as a community yeah. and then you can utilize that water, cleaning cars, watering the plants
0: In Africa, yeah, we use uh, rainy water. Anytime yeah. it's rain, we, we put uh, something, we call it drum. There's something they create, it's like pipe hole. So they put it, anytime it rains, just put it. So the water, we use it for cooking, Mm. for bathing, for anything, because some communities, they don't have water. I always work, I don't do high-tech, I do very low-tech, and there's, so my favorite book is on the desk right now, it's called Low-Tech Design Radical Indigenism, which shows incredible ways of doing things with very few materials. Some of the members of the group will say, you know, um, we would really like to be able to have access to influence policy, but how on earth are we going to do this through an installation? And this is something that I will also ask. You know, I think I've come to a point where I think art is really just a tool, but really what happens around it when people come together and when they become motivated and when they see all the similarities and all the fights they want to fight, I think that's really what we're trying to do. ...on the bridge that people could see from the park, but people could also see from the DLR so from pontoon dock. People might be looking at an installation of Windsox, which will display a message, but I think really what this is about is the possibility of creating long-term changes through getting people together. To think critically, to think maybe Differently as well, and it's so important for us to come together and, almost in a childlike way, allow that part of our brain that hasn't been allowed to do this since we were five to actually imagine better systems. What does reimagining the energy sector look like? It might not look like anything, but I think we can try. I think we're allowed to try, and I think maybe that is the strength of bringing art into this project. If you think of something that you'd like to share, just get in touch. Obviously, you all have my details.
1: This audio postcard was produced by Lucia Scadzocchio from Social Broadcasts as part of Sea change commissioned by the Royal Docks team in collaboration with University College London and curated by Invisible Dust. Featuring the voices of Dana Olorescu, Dr. Julia Tomei and members of the Royal Wharf Community Doc ESOL Learning Group.